you take two women from opposite sides of the pond, add half a cup of Raising Boys, a teaspoon of some real life experience, and a pinch of early morning WhatsApp voice notes. I'm Amanda. And I'm Haley. And welcome to Mac to Mac, a podcast for banterers, shoulder criers, dog whispers, WrestleMania advocates, and belly laugh enthusiasts. Well, good morning and welcome to the seventh episode of the Mac to Mac podcast. I'm Amanda and this lovely lady that's sitting across from me in Zoom is... (laughs) It's me, it's Hayley. (laughs) (laughs) And we are so happy to be back. Um, Today we're going to be talking about advice that we would give to our younger selves and um, you know, the funny thing is, is that we are actually doing a redo of this episode because Haley and I have taken a little bit of a break, um, from the podcast the last little while. And there's good reasons for our oh, yeah. hiatus. Very Absolutely. good reasons, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, you know, it's not like we don't care about you all, you know, we are very sorry that we've deprived you, but you know, life fucking happens sometimes you know you need a little break sometimes to regroup don't you it sure does it's been probably a couple of months um so because we've been on hiatus um and I know that both Haley and I have been so busy what I want to know is what have you been up to (laughs) tell us what have you been doing oh dear um gosh well aside from the usual family stuff um I have well I was like preparing for interviewing for and getting a new job um which with that came lots and lots of paperwork that took quite a while um right and then I was helping with some little parts of my nephew's wedding which was a couple of weeks ago and it was just, it just felt like such a hectic time. There was just so much going on. I had like no headspace whatsoever. I, it would get to like Wednesday and I'd be like, oh my God, the podcast. And then I'd text you and you'd be like, oh my God, I completely forgot because you've had a bit <laughs> of a time of it as well. Haven't you? I have, you know, I think, um, so it really kind of, I think it, it was like the reopening, like the, the COVID was, um, you know, getting better, uh, mm. however we want to say better. Um, but things started to reopen here. Um, and I had been at home with my son for so long that it just got to the point where I was so drained. I was, yeah. you know, working all day. And then of course he was home and we were doing homeschool. And, you know, the funny thing is, is that from January all the way until school technically finishes in June, um, my son was only in school this year for about four weeks total. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't a lot, was it? It wasn't, it really wasn't a lot. Um, and so it, it, I think I was just super, you know, really drained. And then when his school finished, I was just like, what can I do? Like, how am I going to get myself out of this sort of funk? Because you know that, I mean, we've talked about it over the last year. I'm, I'm pretty social. So this has been 
really difficult for me um, yeah. to, to like be at home so much. And so once things started to open and then like the euros were on, which yeah. took a lot of energy. It really did. <laughs> It took a lot of commitment. It's something that lasted four weeks. It took up a whole lot of fucking time, didn't it? It really did. Like I was trying to watch some of the matches during the day, but then I was also trying to sneak off and like hang out with my brothers and watch the matches, um, you know, in, in some like restaurants slash bars as well. So, I mean, it really, by the end of it, by the final, I was so tired from watching the football <laughs> it's not even and just physically is it it was emotionally it was so draining, draining. <laughs> because, because it you was know you know how dedicated of a fan I am and um mm-hmm. it really I mean it really felt like this it this was it like yeah honest to god I I remember like thinking like getting up at the the morning of the final and going like this is it we're yeah. we're gonna win it yeah I dared to put on the Bedeal and Skinner and Lightning <laughs> Seeds song that day in my kitchen and I'm just like yes this is fucking it this is the one and we we let um our eldest Max stay up to watch it um, it was a school night, yeah. Very and exciting for him. The, yeah, exactly. And we were like, you know, it's once every four years. This hasn't happened in like a lifetime. So, so long. So dear. And then the school actually sent us an email and was like, look, if you want to let your kids stay up, that's fine. Bring them into school later the day after. You know, this is oh, a really nice. big deal. And so we're like, yeah, we'll let him stay up. And bless him, he fell asleep. Oh, no. And so I had to record it. And then we got up the oh. day after and he's like, do you know what? I think we won last night. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, uh, so how do just I tell you this? Bit, yeah, before you go to school, just watch the bit that I recorded for you. You just watch that before school. It's very important you watch it before you see anybody. Um, <laughs> the funny thing is that I don't, you know, I don't, I don't really drink too often. Um, I, I mean, I only really drink socially, so um, it's not often, but because I was out so much more watching all of the matches with my brothers, for the most part, um, you know, we were just drink, like drinking more. And by yeah. the last, the last match, the final match after that, my brother and I, my oldest brother said, you know, that's it. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're like, we're taking a time out. We're on hiatus. <laughs> We can't, you know, we can't drink like this in the daytime anymore because it's just too much. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, that took up a lot of time. And then, I mean, for the most part, you know, we've just been um, we've been doing some family things. We were up um, away for a week at uh, a a cottage. um, And and that is a house, (laughs) right, that we've established. It is a small house. It's a Canadian cottage. It's something entirely different. To everybody else, it's a lodge. Yeah, it's okay. So it's a lodge. By, by a lake. Um, so we, so we, yeah, we, we went up there for a week and we had gorgeous weather and it was, it was really nice to spend time with our family. Um, and then we've been doing some day trips. Um, the movies is reopened. So, you know, we're back watching movies as well. 
Yeah. Uh, and so we, we've just tried to, we've been trying to enjoy things. I've really been trying to yeah. enjoy like yeah. life. And I think yeah. what I said to you was if somebody asks me to go somewhere right now, I just don't say no because I've been stuck yeah. inside for so long. Of course. I just can't say no. I can't say no. Well, this is it. I mean, I'm, we're, it's funny. We are going to um, our friends in a couple of weeks. We've been invited over for a barbecue. And nice. me and my friend, we were talking the other day because a, a picture came up on like a Facebook memory. And it was from, I think, five years ago. Okay. Ish. And we were like, oh, we, we all have to get together again because there's like three couples and we've right. all got kids. And right. um, a couple of us have had another one since then. And so we were like, yeah, yeah, we need to meet up. And then we were messaging and we were like, this last 12, 18 months has really taught us, certainly me, that you can't be hypothetical. You can't sit there and say, oh, we should go up to their house for a barbecue one weekend. Right. We should go and right. visit X, Y, and Z soon. Right. Because you never do that stuff. You, now is the time that you really have to start thinking, well, you know, in the blink of an eye, we weren't allowed to see anybody. We weren't allowed yep. to do anything. And we were stripped of everything. You have to just take life by the balls a little bit, don't you? And if that means literally just 100%. going to your friends for a barbecue, that means that, you know, you can't you be hypothetical and you can't say, no, you have to have a good time. You know, we've all had a really, really shit 12 to 18 months. And yes. as you say, you know, same with me when things have opened up. I want my children to go out and experience life. I don't want them to of just course. sit in the front room forever you know and if that means that I have to sacrifice a couple of things or we have to have a break from this then so be it because we need yeah. to live our life a little bit outside 100 percent, 100 percent. I mean there's no doubt about it I think we've definitely all had a bit of a change in perspective mm-hmm. um you know we could have never foreseen something like this happening Um, I mean, there's been tons of movies that have, you know, predicted these types of things and scientists have predicted these types of things. But, you know, until it actually happens, you don't realize how much, you know, life can just sort of stop on a dime and then you you have to figure it out. But the most exciting thing. Go on. Happen. Go on. It's very exciting. Is that I have booked a trip. To the UK. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so For excited. October. I know. Yes. Haley, of yes, course, yes. already knows this because she's probably the first person I told that I was actually thinking about doing of course, it. Because I'm the most interesting person she's going to see while she's here. Let's just face that fact. <laughs> you know, it's been it's been quite a few years since I've been to the UK. Um uh it's it's like my second favorite place in the whole world besides Canada, obviously, because I have to, um, you know, love my place of origin first and foremost, but also Canada is just a really fantastic place to live. Yes. Um, but I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to be going in October. Um, I have my fingers crossed that I can actually <laughs> come and I don't have to cancel for whatever reason. You know, um, I, I think we're, I think we're in good shape right now. Um, I know that can change very, very quickly. Um, I know that, 
I know COVID is still spreading and that it is morphing and changing. And, you know, we're always worried about new variants, but I think the way things are looking now, you know, I've had my vaccinations, um, Mm -hmm. thank goodness. And, um, you know, as long as I do everything the proper way, get the proper tests, et cetera, et cetera, um, I should, I should be good to go. So, I'm, I'm flying into London. I'll spend a few days in London. There's, there's things and people I want to see. And then I will make my way up to Manchester. To the motherland. To, to, (laughs) (laughs) to where I will see some of my favorite people on this planet. Yes. Um, And you'll hear for my birthday. And I'm here. I'm there for your birthday. It's so exciting. I'm so excited. I get to turn 35. With Mandy Mac, it's amazing. I know. So we will hopefully be doing a little broadcast at some point while we are together. Yeah, um, sitting in the same room, which would just be yeah, that's going to be so, so strange. funny. Sharing the microphone. <laughs> oh my god, one fucking voice track. Good luck, me. <laughs> <laughs> being said I think we should meander into our seventh episode topic which is advice to your younger self which is a great topic because I know originally when we put the feelers out um, on social media we got a ton of people especially our friends responding to us saying you know they wish they had done x y like you know if they could just tell themselves in hindsight you know because um, hindsight is 2020 isn't it you know 100%. hindsight you see everything with such perfect clarity and you can look back on a situation and you think oh my god if I could just jump in and tell myself to go home or to make this decision or that decision you absolutely That's- would I don't know anybody even though you know every decision that we've made every person that we've met has led us to the person we are I think, you know, going back with the knowledge you have now would be so useful. Oh, man, it would be so useful. Uh Okay, so before we get into the submissions, if you could tell your younger self one piece of advice, what would it be? Um, Oh, gosh, just one. Gosh, because younger Haley was was a, a complete. <laughs> younger Haley was like a bad ass. She fucking was, you know. <laughs> I'm not being funny, but she was. She was a proper badass. <laughs> Let's emphasize the proper in that because it's extremely important. Proper badass. Proper badass. For anyone who isn't from Manchester or even England, proper is a valid adjective here. It's like <laughs> very valid. Yeah. It makes it, it cements it in stone once it you does. add the proper. It does. It becomes fact when you add it does. Facts. Literally, proper <laughs> is the same thing as saying facts. Just want everybody right. to know that. Facts is more of an, a North American thing, but proper is more of an English thing. Yes, absolutely. And um, I would probably 
I would probably tell myself that I needed to be kinder to myself and I needed to not settle. So I'll elaborate slightly. So that could mean like relationships or friendships. It's not one particular thing. You know, you don't have to go and do that job just because it's a job. You don't have to fancy that guy just because he fancies you. You know, you don't have to be his girlfriend just because he likes you. You also have to like him. That's right. Um, And also friendships, you know, some things that people did and said to me when I was younger. I mean, I did the same, to be fair. But I would be a nicer friend and I would force myself to accept nicer friendships myself. Does that make sense? It makes complete sense. I think I, I, I think what you're saying there about settling, um, it's funny because it, you know, when, 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 and if we were going to reverse this, I was going to say exactly the same thing. How funny is that? Exactly the same thing, because when you're younger, you don't have that concept. It's, it's hard to understand the concept of settling. You hear people say it, but at 19, 20, 21, you don't have enough life experience yet to understand what settling actually means. And you're just going with things. So, you know, um, I think that, um, now as I'm like approaching 40, um, I realize how much I have settled for in the past. Like you say, it could be romantic relationships. Yeah. Um, oh, this guy likes me. So um, I'm not going to figure out if I actually like him. I'm just going to go with it. Yeah, because um, it makes me feel good. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's, that's so like, short so term. It really it's so is. dumb. It is so, so fucking stupid. And I look back now and I think, oh my God, no, he was no good for you at all. No, like what, I know. what were you playing at? You know, it, it's just... Oh, I cringe. Honestly, I cringe sometimes when I think about younger Hayley. She she was a badass, but she was also a bit of a fucking idiot as well. Yes. And it's all Hayley. See, I I wasn't I I wasn't a badass. I was like, I was more meek and and mild and a little bit shy. Um, but I was still really dumb. And um (laughs) For me, for me, I, for me, I, um, like, I always needed attention. So whoever gave me attention. Yes. Oh my God. I was going to them. Right. And that proved to be very difficult for me. Um, and a very hard lesson that I, um, learned or I have learned when I look back is that like, I really self-sabotaged a lot because instead of being okay with myself and being comfortable in myself and giving attention to myself, which Mm -hmm. I thought I did at the time, but now that I look back at it, I realize I was really relying on other people to make me feel good about myself. Right. Yes. Oh God. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Uh, when you yeah. should just feel good about you just from being you, but that mm-hmm. takes time 
and it takes maturity and it takes age. I really do honestly to God think that, you know, when you're, when you're younger, insecurities are so rampant because you're trying to figure out who you are, where you fit into this, this massive universe. Yeah. And you don't, you just don't see it. Right. Like you just, so anybody, especially from, you know, the opposite sex, anybody who's giving you attention and validating you, you're like, okay, like they're, 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 they're turning your head. And, um, for me, like one person wasn't ever enough. I was always looking for attention from multiple people at once because it, that's what was feeding me. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's not real. It's not the way to go. I could never do that again at this point. It's just, it would be too much. And you know, that was kind of a a recurring theme. Obviously we had to like shave down those submissions that we got. Um, And a lot of them quite similar and a lot, a hell of a lot of them were along that vein, you know, where, and it was always the women that had these outlooks where it's like, you know, I would tell her to, um, work on her relationship with herself before going to look for one or don't rely on a man for validation. You need to right. love yourself first. And, it was and don't just... you think it's weird that like that's now we see those messages everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like just think about how many messages have been crafted and put on social media that basically mean the same thing. Self-care, treat yourself. Um, all of these things um, that basically are, are trying to tell women specifically, I mean, yeah. it is open to men as well, but it really is. is marketed towards women to be like, yeah. you know, you don't have to, you know, have a man validate your existence to be valid. And it's yeah. kind of sad though, that yeah. like, we need to be told that because it must be something in our upbringing um, yeah, but see, that's right? really interesting because I was just about to say that's something my mom always said to me. She always said, you know, it basically don't get a man just because it makes you feel good. You don't have to have a boyfriend all the time. You don't have to be seeing somebody all the time. Right. And I really wish I'd listened to that because that's what I'm thinking now. You know, I'm thinking, well, actually... She did know she, what she was talking about. She wasn't just she being did. a party pooper and pissing on my parade. She was, um, she, she was, she was right. mind and, and and knowing sort of what we would tell our younger selves why don't you go ahead with the with the first mission that we got with that you think is is a good one okay um so we had one i thought it was really quite interesting um and it says stop trying to have one night stands you'll never <laughs> be able to have that cool detachment from sex now I think that is fucking brilliant advice and judging by the lady's profile she's around our age okay okay so she's in like her mid 30s okay and 
Do you know what I blame for that? Sex and the City. The, yes. I fucking, I do. I absolutely do. And I'm going to tell you why. So I have. <laughs> and this is no hate, by the way, on Sex and the Not City, because I, I have seen Sex every episode City. of every season probably multiple it. times. Let's let's just plug that in there. Binge watching that got me through breastfeeding my first child <laughs> because that is just what I would watch. And there's no hate at all. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure, but I do absolutely yes. blame it for our generation's view on men, sex and relationships. Because yeah. I had multiple friends that thought Samantha was the coolest woman on the planet. Now, yeah, if you can have that cool detachment, inverted sure. commas, from sex, that's great. Good for you. I'm really, really chuffed that you're happy with what you're choosing to do. Yes. You know, but not everybody is built that way. Not everybody can have that cool detachment. And I was really happy when that woman submitted that one because I knew it was coming from somebody. Yeah. Because that that was our generation, wasn't it? I mean, we when I was in high school, even when Sex in the City was rampant, it was like there was a group of girls that were all about it and they just wanted to be those women. And it's when you're 15, 16, they're probably looking back now thinking, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Did I really do that? Was I really behaving that way? There's something, and, and like, there's something to say about, like, you know, women's, like, sexual liberation, which, you know, some people may say happened decades ago. But, you know, a lot of those types of TV shows or movies or characters or mm -hmm. plots, you know, that were coming out in, say, like, the early 2000s to mid-2000s, you know, that were really suggesting that you don't need somebody to, um, you don't need to be in a relationship, you don't need to be dating. Yeah. Um, yeah. you can be sort of detached emotionally. I think, I mean, there's something to be said for it. Absolutely. But, there is. Yes. You know, I think, um, because it's like, well, don't force yourself into a relationship if you don't, if, if it's not right. But at the same time, you know, it, you do make a, a really good point here. Um, which is just, I think most people, um, have to have some sort of feelings for someone yeah. before they get to that point. And yes. for the few that can detach themselves, that's great. Yeah, it um, is. But I've never seen it really happen successfully. Somebody always gets hurt. Um, yeah. Most of the time it's the woman. Sometimes it's the man. Um, yeah. But like, and, and again, we're just like talking pure heterosexual, um, relationships yeah, here so yeah, like of course, forgive yeah. us but like I think you know at the end of the day um there's something so much more satisfying about being with somebody in that way that you care about yes. and have feelings for yeah. um I, I've I've played both ends and I can tell you from experience that like <laughs> the the detachment is not it's never as good because no and the thing is you might think that you're detached and you're really cool and you know you're sexually liberated and right you can have casual sex and that's fine you go for it but 
if after that one night stand or whatever, you feel a bit bad about yourself or you feel a bit, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Or <laughs> why isn't he calling me? Or right. I hope that I did this right. I hope I did that right. You can't have that detachment. If it makes you feel bad, if you feel bad about it afterwards, you haven't got that detachment and you just don't do it again. Yeah. There's actually, there's a really good um, Instagram account um, and she's called La La Let Me Explain and I'm going to tag her in the description of this um, episode because I think that if you are a single woman under the age of 35 maybe it would even still be of use to to yourself and people older um yeah when you talk about sexual liberation yes the the casual sex movement happened with sex Mm -hmm. in the city and yep it became okay for women to just want sex for pleasure as well and right that's great but i think the real sexual liberation is probably happening now because of people like layla from la la let me explain because the real liberation is being able to have that encounter with somebody and be able to say, no, I don't like it. I don't yeah. like that. Yeah. Don't do that. I like this. It's about women having the control right, and the confidence to open their mouths and say, no, I, I don't want to do it like that, actually. Yeah. That's not what I like. And then pop your pants back on and fuck off because the light yeah. isn't interested. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought we were getting a bit too heavy So, you know, the, for me, it's like, yeah, the casual sex thing happened in the late 90s, early 2000s And that's great But I think that now is, especially with so much going on on social media And the glorification of certain practices and calling it kink Which is what we've discussed before um, I think that now really women are actually, and young girls especially, they're in a position where they need to start making those decisions and feeling confident enough to say, no, I don't want yeah. you to do that. I don't like that. If we're going to have sex, I'm going to get something out of it as well. Yes. Um, that's. I think that has been a big change. I yeah. think things have changed from just being, oh, you know, we don't have to be in a relationship to have sex to which was still though very male dominated in many ways um, to now we've gotten to the point where, you know, women are feeling more comfortable and more self-confident to say, you know, to tell it like it is or what they want or what they don't want. And it's kind of funny that it's taken us this long to get into that (laughs) place, but you know, it's not like you just snap your fingers and, well, this so, is it. When you were in your 20s, if you'd encountered somebody in a bar, and I'm t- talking completely hypothetically here, I'm not talking about any situation in particular, but when you were in your 20s, if you were in a bar yeah. and you met a guy and you're like, oh my God, he's hot. And he was like, do you want to come back to mine? Or you were like, do you want to come back to mine? And he started doing something that you really didn't like. Would you have felt confident enough to say, can you stop? No way. No, no way. Me neither. And and not even that. Like, you know, I put myself in 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 back in those scenarios mm. where uh, just even going to the bar 
your, your level of, of safety drops because, you know, we'd go to the bar and yeah, everyone would be drinking and, and, you know, to various degrees, but it wasn't, it wasn't, um, I'd say nine times out of 10 going to the bar, I would get groped, for example, by somebody randomly. And, you know, or like if you were dancing with somebody and then like things were happening, you know, again, it was, it was like, it, things happened so fast mm. and it really did feel like it was out of your control. So yeah, yeah. I, I definitely 100% did not have any type of confidence, um, at that age to push back and be like, no, like what, what are you doing? <laughs> Okay, so what have you got for me, Mandy Mac? Okay, so um, this is kind of a, I, I, I wanted to break things down into like some financial ones and like some health ones. Um, so one of the ones I saw a lot of um, on social media is a lot of people said, take care of your teeth. And that's a funny thing to say, but I think what a lot of people don't realize is like the health of, of your mouth is like a major determining factor in mm-hmm. the actual health of your body. Yes. And so, you know, um, we're, I've been lucky because I've had dental care my entire life. Um, you know, my, the way that it was set up in Canada and also through my dad's, um, health insurance through his work, we've always had proper dental care. Um, so, you know, luckily I didn't need things like braces, but I've avoided things like root canals and major dental work because I've had really great preventative, um, dental care. And so for that, I'm very thankful, but I know a lot of people have not, um, And that leads to quite a bit of pain down the line because your teeth really do deteriorate. And when they start to deteriorate, that bad infection or bacteria sometimes can find its way into your body and make you very sick. Yes. Um, and so a lot of, a lot of people said, you know, if I could give myself a piece of advice on the health side of things, it would be to take care of your teeth. Yes. I, I would tell that to younger Haley as well. I would strap a pair on and stop being so scared of the dentist and go, <laughs> regularly because I I did not and I ended up um I've had a root canal done I had but see I've always had even when I was a kid when I did go to the dentist a lot I've always had problems so the dentist did my root canal said look it could just be your genetics that say that that's always going to be a problem very true like there Mm. seems to be like my my oldest brother has perfect teeth in terms of he's never had any problems he's never even had a cavity yeah um and he's 42 whereas my younger brother and I had tons of cavities 
um, when, when we were growing up. Um, and it's funny because I, um, I chipped one of my back molars about 12 years ago on a piece Mm. of candy, of course, that's what I would (laughs) (laughs) He's not as good as mine. I chipped one of my, I chipped one of my back teeth on a, a tiny little gravel stone that was in my pizza when I was 17 in a pizza oh, hut. That's disgusting. Yeah, it is. Sorry. We digress. Carry on. So you chipped it on candy. <laughs> I did. I, I was I was eating something like like a hard gumball or something. And I that like half it's just a massive piece cracked off. And oh I had God. a filling in that in that molar already. And so basically what happened was because I had had the tooth filled twice. Yeah. Because fillings only last like 10 to 15 years. So I had it filled twice. And because each time they drill down to fill the tooth, of course, I didn't have a lot of tooth left. Yes. And so um, it was very weak. And then I I really chewed down on something too hard and it just popped off the side. It, It wasn't painful, but, you know, I was always sticking my tongue in the side. And mm. of course I was worried that bacteria was going to get down in beneath um, yeah. and below the filling. And then I, I would, it would be very painful for me. So um, I attempted to have it fixed and, and get a crown put on like very shortly after that. And I just couldn't go through with it. I was in the, in the dental chair. Um, I got the freezing and I was just like, it hurts. I don't know what you're Mm -hmm. doing. Something seems off. And so, um, I just was like, I'm not, I'm not doing it. And then, um, last year I said to myself, I really have, like, it's been like 10 years. I really have to take care of this. And of course the, the dentist was like, you really have to take care of this. You can't keep avoiding it. So I went to a, um, sedation dentist, which Mm -hmm. offers all kinds of different levels of sedation. I've never had sedation, um, before for dentistry, but I'm like, okay, if I'm going to go through this, I, I need to something to happen. So I'm not being awake. <laughs> I got, <laughs> I, they're like, do you want like, what kind of level of sedation do you want? And I said, well, give me the lightest one, which is laughing gas. And I've never had laughing gas before. Oh gosh. Yeah. So <laughs> I give me the laughing gas. Oh my God. And... I think I know this story. <laughs> <laughs> So they give me the laughing gas and I'm feeling good as shit. I'm like, (laughs) wow, I've never had this before. My head feels super light. They start um, working on the tooth. It's been frozen on top of the laughing gas. So I'm not feeling anything. I'm like having a psychedelic trip at that point. I'm like, Uh whoa, but I also have really bad motion sickness. So the laughing gas was starting to make my head spin. Like I was drunk mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh no. And then, um, as the doctor was working on my tooth, I threw up. Of course you did. <laughs> I was right. I oh, didn't know this God. story. <laughs> oh, God. How and, and the dentist, like, the dentist, like shout out to my dentist. Like, I know you're married and all, but you're like super cute and you're so nice. And I felt, so, 
I felt, I was so embarrassed. You have no idea. And of course I'm out of it. So I'm throwing up and I'm like aware that I'm throwing up only, but I'm still like, I'm, I'm out of it. And then he's like, I could hear him being like, it's okay. This happens like all the time. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he was like, it's totally okay. And he's laughing. And I'm like, I, so they had to like clean me up. I'm all frozen and out of it. So they're like cleaning me up. And all I could think about was this man is working in my mouth. And I've just thrown up. Like, it must be so horrible for him. I wish I could have, like, gotten up, rinsed out my mouth or whatever. But they were halfway, like, in the procedure so that that it could happen. Yeah. But long story short, he got it on. He did what he had to do. And he put the crown on it. And um, it was... Uh, it was actually quite painful for me for a couple of weeks, but luckily the pain did, did go away and subsided. And now it's, it's been fantastic and it's taken care of, but you know, again, in hindsight, you know, that, that dental care when you're younger, I know it can be expensive depending on where you live in the world, but it honestly really is worth it to get cleanings, um, to take care of little cavities and things as they come up, floss your teeth, brush your teeth, um, you know, because it really can lead to some severe health problems if you don't take care of them. Um, on top of like getting things that are very painful. I don't Mm -hmm. care what anybody says, any work that's done in the mouth is like, for me is torture. I just like, I'm very sensitive to it. Yeah, I just, I feel like a lot of people are like that. So Mm -hmm. like save yourself some long-term pain, just get your teeth worked on preventative care when you're younger. That's my piece of advice. Mac to Mac says, take care of your teeth. Yes. I have another one that I really like. Um, I think this one was through Instagram as well. And it says, don't sacrifice your sanity for toxic people. Cut the toxicity Mm. as soon as you see it. And that, I think, is another really valuable thing. I wish I'd Oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? It is a really hard one because, you know, you... You have to experience the toxic behavior to recognize what toxic behavior is. So it really, you can only do it really with a little bit of hindsight, can't you? Yeah. It's tough. It's really tough. I mean, it's so tough. It's so Mm -hmm. tough because like, also like, you don't even, you don't always recognize what's toxic. Mm. Sometimes it takes you quite a bit of time to recognize or like actually listen to your gut that you're actually experiencing toxic behavior. Oh, for a lot of people who've like grown up around toxic behavior their whole life, they normalize it. So when they go out there and they get into relationships with other people, whether it's friendships or romantic, 
um, they often are, they don't know that that's because that's all they know. And so they don't realize that there's actually healthy standards or healthy behaviors that you should expect from people. And I think that unfortunately those cycles tend to be repetitive and cyclical. Yes, they are definitely. Um, And I think it's hard um, because a lot, a hell of a lot of people um, seem to suffer with their mental health at the moment um yeah everybody you speak to um and it's been like that for a while and I don't think that until you have addressed that I don't think you're capable of seeing toxic behavior and you're certainly not capable of addressing it until your own headspace is clear yeah I think that um, again, you know, it's it's one of those things where you and, and I think we've talked about this before a little bit between you and I specifically. It's like people can tell you over and over and over again that mm-hmm. you are being treated a certain way that's not okay or not appropriate or whatever. Yeah. Certainly that's been my experience that I've had, um, which is just like you know, um, you can't see the forest for the trees and everyone around you is saying, yeah, I don't like think that's normal or that person shouldn't be saying that, or that person shouldn't be behaving that way. And that doesn't make you feel good. So why do you keep doing it? And you're like, yeah, yeah, Yeah. I know. I know. Like it, it makes me feel really bad. And, And then they're like, okay, but you, you are, are, at that point, you've already been conditioned to accept yeah. it. Yeah. So it's so hard to sometimes get up and over. And that's why, um, you know, speaking from experience. And then, you know, when I talk to other people about things like that, because I never thought I would experience, uh, I think for somebody like me, and I think we've talked about this before too, it's like, um, it comes with a little bit of shame and embarrassment because mm. the way that I grew up, Um, the type of household I grew up in, my experiences through meeting other people, I've never really been exposed to too much toxic behavior before. So I was actually quite naive in that way. Um, And so I, I, I really had a hard time recognizing some of the, the signs. Um, But I think when I've, I've talked to others now about it, when people get out of those situations, whether it's with like a parent or a friend or a partner, when they actually get out, you know, you have, people have to realize how difficult it is to get out. Oh Um, gosh. Yeah. And there should be like a lot of like high-fiving and hugging and congratulating and like, yay, which I mean, you, you, you do for me all of the time. Um, which it goes so it goes such a long way because um, it's really unless you've been in that situation, it's really hard for people to understand how yeah. difficult it can actually be to get out of those situations, especially yeah. if they've gone on for quite a while. Well, yeah, because if they've gone on for any length of time, chances are the person that is being abused in that way, because that's what it is, it's abuse, um, You, they don't realize that it's happening like you just said you know it just it slowly drips in and then all of a sudden you'll wake up one day and you'll be like holy shit 
what what the fuck has happened but then you're so far into it you yeah. cannot break that cycle. Like, how do you, no. you know, you, you can't just pack your bags and walk out one day. You have to really think about how you're going to do it and how you're going to do it yes. safely. And you're also so tired. Exactly. But that's what your user relies on, you know, because they've worn you they down. They do. 100%. They wear they wear you down to the point. And that's like, that's how it, it, it happened to me. I was yeah. so worn down and so whittled down that I wasn't even myself anymore. Mm-mm. And everybody else saw it. And, yeah. and I kept on making excuses for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, I just, I, I was so tired and, yeah. you know, part of reclaiming, um, myself back has like been like re-energizing. So again, this advice to, to younger selves and, and just younger people in general, um, is really to, uh, have boundaries to trust your gut yeah, and to know when, um, to try your best to know when something doesn't feel right to you, you gotta, yeah, and, you gotta get out and yeah, leave it right yeah, away. When, when somebody's making you feel bad more than they're making you feel good, mm-hmm. chances are that relationship, that friendship, that family relationship is it is toxic and you need to leave it you need to cut it out you either need to set a boundary if it's like a friendship or a family relationship you need to set a boundary say look no you can't do that to me anymore Mm -hmm. or you need to come off snip fucking snip no Go for it. Younger self. One is, I'm saying two back to back because one, I just want to get out there. It's a quick one. We don't have to discuss it. This is, this is a word of advice to my younger self, but also to a lot of younger people out there. If you may be listening, um, do not get married early. Don't get married early. Um, It's, it seems, it seems uh, like a, uh, many people would think that this is like a very, uh, no, like a no brainer, um, especially considering like it's 2021, but believe it or not, there are still lots of people that get married in their early twenties. Um, and then by the time they're 28 or 29, uh, and getting more into their thirties, they realize that they are a completely different person and that they missed out on a bunch of stuff. And now they're going to go balls to the wall um, because they feel like they missed out. And uh, while this, this did happen to me personally, I've also seen it happen to a lot of other people as well. And so, uh, you know, it's not really discussion worthy, but it's more, I I saw a lot of submissions, um, a lot of, a lot of them from men saying like, don't marry that woman. Um, But I think both, (laughs) Yeah, big shocker. But I think <laughs> so our dating apps are absolutely fucking flooded. <laughs> oh, oh God. 
God, don't even get me started. That's a, no, that I, think, a, I do you know. think we need to be um, do a future episode on um, dating app horror stories because oh, between 100%. you and my friend, there are just so many in my phone. It's a good job that my partner oh. knows that these screenshots come from you and her because if he ever was to look do at my them, phone do you, do you do you show them to Daz at all sometimes of course do you just I do. it's like <laughs> it's like a thing that we do we sit and we laugh and we discuss and it's very entertaining because we can sit in our ivory tower and be you like can. oh look, I know look you how ridiculous these men. look at look at look at these people no it's so but it's true it's so it's listen it's and it's I, I have so many of them especially having quite a few single girlfriends um oh my god yeah. you should see some of the ones that we get um but yeah so that was like don't get married early yeah that don't doesn't get married mean too early. it doesn't mean don't be in a relationship early it just means that you know it, it's really don't make that massive commitment when you're 21 22 23 because it you really don't know how you're going to grow as people. You don't know who you are. You don't know what you want your career to be. You don't have any of that stuff figured out yet. So don't get, don't do the biggest thing you could do on the relationship scale, which is commit your entire life to someone because nine times out of 10, it ain't going to work out. As sad as that is, it's just not going to work out. That's just how Fucking harsh reality from Amanda. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just it's not going to work out. It's not going to work out. I'm sorry, but it's just true. Okay. Okay, number two. And the number two, which is more discussion worthy, and I know that you you will feel um, strongly about this, is that it's not your job to fix people. And yes, right. So again, hindsight being twenty twenty, looking back at my younger self, you know, I've always been a fixer by nature. So I've always wanted yeah. to like help and support and like do all of these little extra things here and there because, oh, maybe like, you know, he drinks too much or I, and we could fix that if only I did this, or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe he's got some, um, issues with anger. If I just did this, you know, maybe I could make him a less angry person and then we would be much happier together. Like don't do that because yeah. it's not your job. And also it just screams the fact that that person is not right or shouldn't be in your life. It just, they're not yeah. right for you. Yeah. And also I think a lot of that is rooted in maybe um, what has been sort of said to be like the pick me attitude where, you know, we as younger people, you know, we may see someone who has some sort of issue, um, like say maybe they're angry, maybe they drink too much, maybe they smoke too much weed and you think, oh, well, maybe if I could fix that, then, you know, maybe we could be happier, like you say, but underneath that, is it not a bit like, oh, then they'll see how wonderful I am for making right. their life better. 100%. And it's, it's bullshit. It's fucking it? manipulative. I've done that. You know how many times I've done that in my life? Like, but if I, if I just do this, or if I do these things to improve them, then they will see that I'm the best possible partner for them because look at how far I'm willing to go. Yeah. And it's it's so ridiculous. It is. It's a total fucking mess. I mean, and it's like you say, it's quite manipulative on, on our part. Um, And it's, 
it's also it's like it's it's desperate, isn't it? It's not good. It is so desperate. She whispered that it's so desperate. It is. It's just <laughs> it really is. And again, it's one of the things that you cringe at and you're just like, no. What you should be doing is seeing that person who drinks too much or is angry or smokes too much weed or drives too fast or dresses like a complete fucking moron. And you just think, no, none of that is for me. He, I think he drinks too much and therefore we would not work out. And that's it. Make these (laughs) things your deal breakers. Don't make them things that you can change. Because if you flip that around and, for example, I smoke. So and I have done since I was 16. And if somebody had come to me and which they have before and said, you know, I'd like you a lot better if you didn't smoke, or maybe you should cut down on your smoking, or maybe you should do this. I'd be like, "Uh, no. Right. Fuck off. I wouldn't think that person was wonderful. I wouldn't think, I would think they're trying to change me. Right. And that's not all right. Now, if you, if you want to stop smoking, if you want, that's up to you. You have, of course. that has to, that has to come from within. That's your decision. That's up to you, you know? Um, and you know, admittedly, I have a bit of that in me. Like I, I, I always, I want, and, and, and it's not, and I always say to people, it's not necessarily a good thing because people that I care about people that I love, I want them to be their best selves. But that's yes. not up for me to determine what their best self is. This is yes. the issue that I have. Yes. I can be like a little bit like, yeah, but you know, yeah, but you have so much potential. And if you just did this, mm-hmm. like you can, you know, I have, I have a propensity to do those types of things. And it's um, not malicious. It's, it's not, not. It comes, it, it, it comes, it comes from, from the good, good place. place. It but does. at the end of the day, I'm not like, I, t- I shouldn't say I'm not, I'm typically <laughs> not, I won't push things unless I really, re- I, I, unless I think the person wants it and just wants a push, but yeah. also sometimes that's hard for me to determine. And sometimes I'm just making assumptions, but again, leave people the fuck alone let them be who they are. If you don't like something or whatever, and you just go, oh, that's just not good enough. Then they're they're not for you. Then they're not for you. That's all right. You know, there's somebody for everybody. if we could all go back in time and we know then what we know now, these are all things that we could definitely um, benefit from, but <laughs> we're all really stupid when we're young. Let's well, be honest. That's it. I mean, I don't know who originally said it, but my mom says it a lot. And she says um, to be old and wise, you must first be young and stupid. 
<laughs> and that true. is so fucking true. Very but you true. know, every time she says it, I think oh, you know way more than you're laying on. <laughs> <laughs> you know way more than I ever fucking told you, don't you? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> So, right, I'm going to leave us with um, a, well, a disclaimer first. If your children are listening um, and they are under the age of 10, I mean, what the fuck are they listening to this for anyway? But if they are around, please stop the episode now. Spoiler alert. The last one I'm going to leave you with is Santa is not real. Stop wasting time being a good boy. (laughs) (laughs) And that's oh, that's that that is straight up naughty. That's straight up naughty. It is, isn't it? I mean, could you imagine the heartbreak in young Haley's face if I went back and went, "Do what the fuck you want. They're going to buy you presents anyway because it's Christmas." Can you imagine? Naughty. Naughty. I know all about your elf on the shelf, okay? I know all about your elf on the shelf. Oh, do you know? I've, oh, I was so upset last Christmas, wasn't I? I was so upset because it's the first year in ages that I haven't got to do it. I was very, very upset. So I'm hoping that my small one is... I have some capacity to understand it because I'm really hoping to do it this year. I do love an elf on the shelf. I know you do. You do. do. You do. You do love an elf on the shelf, don't you? you I bloody do. do. And <laughs> I, I, I think I'm. I think I'm quite good at elf on the shelf. I have a friend you who's like good. actually. I feel like you've inspired me to get the elf on the shelf, and then I didn't follow through. So like, I would put it up, and like, and I would randomly kind of put it in other places. Yeah. But, but see, that's what the whole original idea was. It's just people like <laughs> me who want to be extra. And now it's kind of, <laughs> if you don't post a picture of what your elf did, did you really do elf on the shelf? If you don't post it on social media, have you really done elf on the shelf? It's less about the children and more about competing with each other now, I think. Yes, you are, you are a very competitive elf on the shelfer. Very, I like. I've seen your photos. My favorite was the one where I bought the Alpha jumper, and I made a shop front. <laughs> I made a shop front, and it was called Elfridges. <laughs> That's probably my favorite one ever, and it was you can't so make this stuff up. You cannot. Oh, also, I I yes. made uh, Max was. Um, Joseph in his school nativity in okay. 2019 and I made his costume because he's so tall the ones you buy in the shop they just they just don't fit and so I made him a costume and I had fabric left over and I made a matching one for the elf on oh, the shelf my god you didn't I fucking did and you know what I'm glad because that was the last year Max believed in it so I'm Aww. glad that I did I'm glad that I went all out I went out with a bang. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Come and say hello over on our Instagram page at Mac to Mac Podcast. 
Our music was kindly donated to us by Cameron Bagnall. Cameron can be found on Facebook as Candy's Band Moretti. They can also be found on Instagram at Moretti Band. All music was produced at Moorcross Studios and their website is moorcrossstudios.co.uk. Thank you.